button. 30 seconds of us asking Dave if he's recording now. We're recording now. Dave, yeah. you're recording now. You're good now. We're check. Good. Are we good? We're recording now. Check, check. It's good that we weren't recording any of that previously. Yeah, the last thing wasn't great. Something shouldn't be recorded. Let's just let it go. Except for the iPhones. That's recording everything. Yeah. Jim, what are we going to um, <laughs> Jim, after that dark <laughs> Skynet reference. Uh, I think we're talk- uh, talking about uh, making connections in new, commun- in new communities, uh, talking people out of buying or selling. Uh, and the currency that, that 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 yields, and the fact that it it's actually sunning, sunning outside. There's there's sun. There's not rain. There's no rain coming from the sky, which is not. It's rare. I don't, I don't know what's happening. It's rare now. Uh, it's a glowing globe in the sky. Um. No, I mean, so I, you know, I with uh, a woman a couple weeks ago came to me, different state, wanted to be in the Charlottesville area. And wanted to be because her kids were were moving to to you know to Central Virginia, and she wanted to you know for this period of her life wanted to follow her kids, sort of. And we spent a Saturday afternoon, a good solid three hours, talking through what the market is like here, transitioning job, uh, self employment job to this area, building that business, finding a house, finding a community, um, whether it was going to be the right fit. And whether this was going to be a community where she would be happy and she would be comfortable, and also, and this is the part where I really had to provide some some blunt truth, uh, she wanted to be in a in a city where, when her kids aged, that they would follow her. What it, do you mean by that? That she, that she wanted to be in a, in a place where she was. Um, she that the city itself was vibrant and enticing enough from an employment perspective and from a society perspective that her kids would want to move to be close to mom. It doesn't work that way. No, no, <laughs> that's a really you know, weird prediction. No, I mean, yeah, it, it's hard to do. But it, you know, it, it was interesting because I spent a, you know I spent a long time with this with this with this set of folks, and it was more about. You know, real estate market, the market's doing this. Here's what the houses are like. Here's what you can expect. And here's the economy. And, and that was probably 40 minutes of the whole thing. And the rest of it was talking, sharing my life experiences that I could, commi- I could commiserate with her to a certain degree, but also provide guidance where she would end up after three hours, uh, leave, have a good time, whatever. And then the next day, sent me the email that I fully expected to get. Thank you so much for your time. You were immensely patient. I appreciate all the insight and knowledge you gave. I'm not moving to Virginia, which was absolutely the right decision for her at this yeah. stage of her life. Yeah. Um, but it's something that she needed a, a professional to sit down with her and talk through mechanics of the market, what the, you know, what life is like here, but also you know, what she could expect further in life as her kids aged. And her kids had kids, and they established their lives where they are, um, and then had to. I mean, I, I think it's it's harsh, but it's true to say it's a fallacy to think that, um, that the kids are going to follow the parents. Yeah, I mean, w- you build a nest, and then you put kids in the nest, and then you spend your life getting them to be prepared to right. leave the nest. You don't move on and build a more enticing nest to try and woo them back. Like that would be fun, you- though. Oh. <laughs> No, man, I don't really understand this concept at all. Like, I've talked with my kids about, like, living in European capitals and stuff. Like, I'm not – and they're, like, 10 and (laughs) – Like – When you're 13, you're done. 
like my wife is like had a very different take on it. She's like, no, nah, like I, I'd love for them to like live around us. Like I'm like I really like to go visit them and somewhere really cool. Like look, give us you, a reason to travel cool places. Live in Brussels, like whatever. I don't care. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I hear it's nice. I don't know. <laughs> like I mean, whatever. I, I don't understand that idea at all. But like I don't. Like the idea that you would try and be predictive of that is is kind of is kind of out there too. I, I think it was wishful and hopeful. I mean, I think it's something that um, you know it, it's. I mean, a lot I've said before here and lots of other places. A lot of, a lot of what a good realtor does is it's it's you know psychiatrist not a psychiatrist they give out drugs psychologist psychologist I don't give out drugs. Uh, <clears throat> as far as you like know, dis- that didn't feel like a disclaimer you had to. Make. <laughs> Often, well, no. I mean, I think it, it's something that you know. It, through what we do, is it's really listening and actively listening, and and, right. and really it's pushing questions back on them for them to figure out, right. and just asking the right questions at the right time. Um, but it, it was funny. In the last week, I've interacted with four sets of buyers who are all looking for a house for them and their kids, and an in-law suite. Yeah, you know, because you're starting to see where you know the you know no, nobody's getting any younger, and the the boomer popula- population is is getting to the point where a lot of them a lot of the old the older boomers are starting to be either divorced, separated, or you know, widow widowers. Right, and they're looking in a they're looking for a place to go and nest, if you will. Yeah, and the kids are the ones who have that responsibility of, oh, <laughs> I have to house my parents. Is, this is my role now. Um, yep. and it's something that you're seeing a lot of new construction is offering like an in-law suite or something like that. But you're also seeing a lot of houses are being built, purpose built with zero entry showers so that as the kids age in that house, they're prepared for if you, you know, break a leg and can't get into the shower or you're in a wheelchair or something like that. Right. But also having that separate space for mom or dad, um, you know, for them to live for when they're, when they're ready. Yeah. What I, what I've not seen is where one kid has a parent who needs to come live with them, and the other kid has a parent. a parent that needs to come live with them. Yeah. You know, so I think it's it's you know it's it's fascinating to watch the sort of the socioeconomic dy- dynamics of familial relations. Yeah. Of you know the kids are you know you're 42 years old and like oh crap I'm responsible for my parents. <laughs> And you're seeing a lot of that now. Yeah. And I, I think that it's something that, um, you know, a lot of that is, you know, a lot of what I do is also, you know, this counseling, if you will, with kids to help them come to terms with that that responsibility is now thrust upon them. Um, yeah. And just ha- making sure that people have the, the, the foresight to think about, like, right. here are the things that await you later in life. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, we're, we, we, we save for our kids. Some of us save for our kids for college, you know, some save for, for retirement. And I think that's, you know, at some point the conversation needs to be had of saving for caring for parents. Yeah. Because a lot of parents are not doing that for themselves. Which, that being said, did you hear about the guy who's staying in Holiday Inn for, for his, his uh, golden years? Oh. Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. He, he did the math. It was a USA Today story recently. It's like $150 a night or $6,000 a month for a retirement community. Holiday Inn with his AARP discount and all the other discounts is like 57 bucks a night. And you get free breakfast every morning. Free breakfast, maid service. They'll check on you. Come on now. Beautiful. I want to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just one week a month. 
just just go and hang out for a week and you know, go to a Holiday Inn and just be waited on. It's great. Got to get that ARP discount, man. One of the best things I've done uh, is years ago, well before my wife was eligible for ARP, and she's still not. But I subscribed to ARP Magazine on her behalf. (laughs) 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 And how did that go over? It is the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, Oh, boy. But no, it's it's something I think that, you know, talk a lot. I was talking to um, on the, we're doing the, the, Nest, we're doing our own podcast, uh, right. you know, Sweat the Details. Right. And one of our recent conversations with, with a good friend of mine, uh, Jeff Turner, and he was talking about how the value he sees in realtors is often, you know, it's we, we get paid when we close on a transaction. But he was saying that the value he sees is when, you know, a realtor talks about talking somebody out of buying a house or selling a house because it's it's – you know, it, it's not all, you know, I advise against moving because moving is an awful, horrible experience. Right. But it's not, you know, buying or selling a house is not often the, the right decision. Well, when you, when you're in a position like when, when, when your job is, is a client-based relationship and you're actually working with your client in a way that like, I'm advising you to do something that will not benefit me financially today. It immediately establishes a tremendous amount of trust that like, I'm your client, and I know that you have my best interest in, in place and right. not your own personal interest in place first. And that, like, that just establishes a tremendous amount of trust. And so, like, I can totally see how that yeah. means that, you know, you're, you're, you're building a reputation for, for, for people knowing that, like, Jim's going to look out for what's right for me and my family as opposed to Jim's going to look at what's going to be the best way for him to get every dollar out of a closing right. as quickly as possible. Right. And, and it's, it's the, it's, I mean, it's the, there's no, there's nothing in the in the real estate book like the one book I studied, you know, 19 years ago when I started. There's nothing in there about any of this stuff. Yeah. It's all learned experience through the mentors that I've been lucky to have about how to practice and knowing that you know it's it's a currency that's going to come back, hopefully. You know, that's right. the, that's my long con uh of, you know, <laughs> of getting people to, to to understand that I'm not here, you know, again my, my assistant wrote a story a while ago about how um she was kind of flummoxed by the fact that I really don't care about myself in the regard of my clients. Like my total focus is making sure that my clients yeah. make the right decision. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's fun and, and not financially rewarding, obviously, but it's, uh, at least immediately, but it, there's a, there is a, a good feeling of seeing somebody listen to the guidance and the conversation we have and then say, huh, okay. I thought I was going to do this one thing. And now I'm going to do this completely different thing that I wasn't even thinking about before. That ultimately it's going to be the right decision for them. Uh, so it, it's uh, I don't know. Sometimes the you know the best three hours of uh, of my my time is with someone who doesn't really know what direction they're going to go and helping them choose. Hopefully, if not the right path, not the wrong path. Yeah, that's got to be a rewarding feeling. Yeah. Hey everybody, wanted to take a quick break to talk about Rockfish. We are a new music entertainment company in Charlottesville, Virginia, and are producing records with independent artists. I'm sure you're all aware that the music industry has changed pretty dramatically over the last 10 plus years. In some ways it's been rough, but frankly, we view it as a good thing. Artists are able to create more music for fans than ever before with less barrier for entry. However, the larger industry has pretty much given up on developing artists, only signing bands that have proven themselves. 
We viewed this as an opportunity to work with independent artists to provide resources to make great records for the fans and create a closer connection between artists, fans, and the recording company. It's really pretty simple. Inside, you not only get the records the artists make, but all kinds of rough tracks, alternate takes, bonus material, and more. The goal is to let fans access all of the stages of recording an artist goes through. So check us out at rockfishmusic.com and subscribe. If you're a music fan, this is an amazing way to access new music and directly support independent artists. You know, make, making connections in new communities is hard uh, for a lot of people. Um, Are you talking about professionally or setting up new, new like... Friends. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. friends. I mean, I, it's... It, I, I I can't count the number of times that a client will come to me um, you know, initially in the process um, or you know, later on, a couple of years down the road, they'll reach out and say, how do I, it sounds silly, but it's not. I mean, how do I make friends? Yeah. You know, how do I put myself in a position to create friendships and long-term friendships in this community? Yep. Um, I saw a, actually a client of mine recently said, and it was really interesting. She said, she wanted to move to a community. He was nodding in, in ascension. Um, and she said, I'm yearning for the kind of community that I perceive to be in this neighborhood. You know, of ha you know having friends with, with similarly aged kids, similar professions, similar lifestyles, where they can go and, and make friends in their neighborhood without yeah. having to actively go out and do things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's something that it's, you know, from a fair housing perspective, I, I can't help with that because, you know, these people are, I can't say if these people are like you or not. Yeah, right. Um, but it's something that you know, I saw a Reddit thread a couple weeks ago, and I wish I'd saved it, but it was a you know, youngish couple, you know, 26, 28 years old, young professionals, mm -hmm. and said, we've been in Charlottesville for three years, and we don't have any friends. How do we make friends? <laughs> wow. Which is, you know, it, it's something that, you know, humans, you know, most humans, um, you know, yearn for that connection. They want to have a human interaction and connection and friends, right. a group. And it's something that um, most people come for. You know, they they move to Charlottesville, or you know, for for the job and life transition. But making friends in real life when it's not in a construct that has been defined for you in college or work, yeah. it's it's hard. I mean, it's and I think and at work it's hard too because you know you you have a professional balance that you have to play there, and especially right. if you have a leadership role in that, like. You have a job to do, and that job is not about making friends. That job is about accomplishing your your job duties. Right. And and so friendship is sometimes not accessible in those scenarios. Um, yeah, I mean, T Terry and I have actually talked about this a lot, like making friends as an adult. Right. Like, it's not a challenge for me. I've got, like, my personality just is like, uh, you can put me in a room full of 100 strangers, I'll have 99 friends in an hour. Like, that's just how I'm built. But right. she's very, very different. And there's also studies that show, too, that it's like it's actually harder for women to make friends in adulthood than it is for men, too. And I'm not wait, I'm not sure why that is, but it is a proven scientific study that, that says that this is, this is what happens later in life. And so it's in, I, I really do think that what you're talking about, like the social constructs of like you're in school all throughout your, you know, kindergarten through grade 12. And then whether you're going to college or like a pro, you know, post high school professional development whether that's college or, or not college like you're set up in a place where like we're in a we're in a we're in a position that at an age where like we can go make friends right but then there's a threshold that crosses where where that's not necessarily easy to do and 
your neighbors and your community in, in your neighborhood is the that's where the most likely thing is going to yeah. happen. We locked out in that when we purchased this house was it three a little over three years ago now like yeah. we you know we hit home runs for our direct next door neighbors like we made very good and very fast friends with our direct next door neighbors right and we you know part of that was by design and part of that was just sheer luck well it's hard i mean it's hard I mean, there's no way to discern you know, you know part of the contract it's not yet I, mean, I wish it could be but I, I mean i wish part of the contract could be you know you get the three-day right to review the hoa package which another great hoa story i could share um, I'll save that. Now one. Jim's using HOAs to find friendships. Hang on, <laughs> hang on, and for you know, get access to the next door page or the Facebook page to see what kind of people are there and what are they pissing and moaning about. Is it petty stuff or is it dog poop? If it's dog it's, poop, that's every neighborhood in, in America. But if it's about you know, the, the actually the, I think that someone should have the right to see what that neighborhood conversation is like. I mean, it makes sense to be able to, to to see sort of a look behind. You can look at the house. You can look at the yard. You think you think next door is a good representation of what neighborhood conversations are like? It's the only one we have. You know, it's it's not the tool we want, but it's the tool that we got. <laughs> well, I mean, you can see if there's an active bunch of a holes on next door. Another yeah. option: stand in the neighborhood like a weirdo for a while and see how people are talking. That's what I did. No, you borrow a dog. You borrow a dog. You and borrow a dog. Were filed when? <laughs> well, before I closed on the house. <laughs> but no, I mean, I had a client years ago that she would do that. She would go, you know, it wasn't about making friends, but she was trying to learn the neighborhood. She would take her kid. He was in a stroller, and she'd walk through new neighborhoods and she'd knock on doors, you know, and just see what people were like. So I don't want anybody doing that. Doing I don't that. want anybody doing that. No, <laughs> please do not show up at my house. Please do not show up my house with your kid. Try to figure out whether my neighbors and I are talking. Like, I will definitely assume that you are trying to sell me something, number one. Number two, I will assume that you are trying to murder me, and I don't really need that either. I don't need either of those two things to happen. Don't do that. That is bad advice. Awful Dude, advice. I saw a cartoon recently that said that when we were kids, the doorbell would ring, and everyone would run to the door to see who it is, and now the doorbell rings, and everyone hides. No, Where they look kid, at their ring. My kids started the, doing this. My kid, like, yeah, I'm of that. Like, no, I don't want to, like, leave it on the porch. Like, that is my philosophy. No, my kids open the door for everybody. Everybody. Like, I'll be like, hey, don't open the door. They'll be like, ah, uh, definitely we're going to open the door. <laughs> if some guy is showing up with a package, like, they're going to open the door. Like, there's no question about it. Like, I mean, they are used to, like, the guy who shows up at the door brings pizza at this point. So... Like, they're opening that door. Like, it's over. And I can't say it. Like, people, like oftentimes, like, Harper will come back and go, like, there's a guy at the door looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him I'm not here. So, yeah. <laughs> is he armed? Yeah. <laughs> maybe don't do that. Like, maybe don't open that door. No, I think this is an indication that your children are better people than you are. 100% and it's really, are. really good that your wife is raising way are. better people than who she married. No doubt. But, no, I mean, so getting back to making friends, I think it's something that, People investigate when they come to the area. I think I did a story about this years ago. Places for them to go that aren't bars to meet people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and like I, I did. Um, when I used to play soccer, there's a social group there. I ride bikes now. There's a group yep. there. Uh, Seville Social's a local um, you know, soccer. They've got they've got uh, kickball. They have. I think I read the rules for kickball where don't bring your beer on the field, which sounds amazing. Um, flag football. I mean, I think that you find a thing knitting groups. That, that you're going to find people that do things that you like. You know, book clubs, I think, you know, my friend said that it's a way to get out of the house to meet meet people in the neighborhood. You know, there's a book club. You know, so it's just, 
it, it takes action to, to make friends. Yeah. But I think that um, more of my clients are coming to me with the understanding that it's something that they are striving for, they're yearning for, and this can take some some active participation on their point because someone's not, certainly not in Bart's house. They're not going to knock on your door and say, hey, can you be my friend? Yeah. Uh, I, I was, again, I was <laughs> literally having this that. conversation with, with Terry just the other night where we were just talking about, you know, to be in a relationship or a friendship with somebody, you have to be an active participant in that relationship. Right. And this is where I push back on your, like, let's go investigate what next door looks like to figure out what the neighborhood looks like. I think it's a terrible misrepresentation of what the neighborhood actually looks like because it's not an active engagement in, in, in your neighbor's lives or in your, or in, or in, or in your friend's lives at all. Like you have to be an active participant in those things. Right. You, and that's also choosing like where Bart is a terrible friend because he's not actively allowing people into his life. <laughs> like you also have to like actively let people into your life. <laughs> he just out of nowhere. <laughs> Man, I did not see that truck coming. I didn't see that truck coming, but like it's here now. But now the elephant's in the room, isn't it, Dave? You just let him. You just opened up the door and let him in. He was like, "Hey, do you want to be friends?" Here comes the elephant. Lord, this is weird. No, <sighs> it, it. But it just it take it takes it takes being an active participant in people's lives, and it right. takes like actively letting people be a part of your life at the same time. Well, I mean, it's it's one thing that I've, I've not had people take me up on this uh, as often as I thought they would. But I, you know, doing this first. What is it? You may have two responders right here. Uh, you know, no, uh, you might have. Um, you know, when I have clients, they say we want in the neighborhood. What's it like? And I actually, I was showing a house yesterday in a neighborhood out here, and I looked across the street and it's good friends of mine. Good friends of mine. Yeah, and she had just put on uh, on Instagram before and after pictures of what they'd done to their house. Awesome, which you, which I used to help my guys see. Yeah, this house is dated, but this is what you can do, and yeah, it's right yeah, across yeah. the street. But you know, if they'd asked that, I could have made an introduction, and they could have a, you know, a real conversation about what, what life is here. Um, I mean, I think that having that again, having you know all the technology in the world, next door, Godforsaken Facebook, whatever, is the human interaction is the the learning experience to know whether it's going to be a good place. So if, if it's a, a neighborhood that you're looking for, ask somebody to introduce you to someone who lives there. You can talk.